Today, I'm excited to continue in our series that we started a couple of weeks ago called Summer Rules. And as Kondo has said the last few weeks, uh, you can punctuate that however you want and it would still fit. Okay, Summer Rules. And uh, in this series, we've been looking at the Ten Commandments one by one. And Kondo challenged us in the first few weeks uh, to daily read Exodus 20. Uh, to memorize the key phrases or uh, of the Ten Commandments and to take notes. And so our hope is, is that if you do those things and come to church on Sundays uh, throughout this 10-week series, uh, that uh, you will come to love and appreciate the Ten Commandments. And the reason we're doing this is because I think we think that the Ten Commandments have gotten a bad rap. Uh, They're often described as God's effort to restrict humanity from enjoying life and joy and freedom. And so we designed this series to help us better engage these old rules in fresh ways, allowing us to freshly discover and experience Jesus and his joy And all of those good things. And so uh, as we've seen in the first few weeks, these 10 commandments, these 10 rules are guideposts, signposts, guardrails for our freedom rather than a restrictive list of do's and don'ts. And so they're a way for us to know what is God's best for us and for us to course correct if somehow we get off his path. And so, so far, we've covered commandments one, two, and three. So my question is, do you remember them? Uh, You didn't know there was going to be a pop quiz this morning. Uh, But do you remember uh, commandment number one is? Yeah, no other gods. No other God. Commandment two, no created gods. And last week, Kondo talked to us about no greater name, right? We don't take the Lord's name in vain. And so I, I can tell you're already doing your homework. You guys are reading every day. You're doing this. You're memorizing them. Good job on that. Uh, but today we get to look at the, the fourth commandment and that is of the Sabbath. And so today we're going to talk about the Sabbath. And when I think about the Sabbath, it makes me think about the movie Fiddler on the Roof. Anybody ever seen that musical? Yeah. Uh, well, here's the deal. I had never seen the musical until this year. We moved here in January. We didn't have internet, so we went to the library. We rented some movies, and Fiddler on the Roof was one of those uh, movies. And so I'm not normally a musical guy. My daughter is much more that way, but I'm not generally a musical guy. Uh, But I was intrigued with this period piece, and so I had not seen it before, and so I kind of Googled it. And this is what you get when you Google uh, Fiddler on the Roof uh, from like IMBD. It says that this movie is a time of pre-revolutionary Russia, where a Jewish with traditional values, contends with marrying three of his daughters with modern romantic ideals, all while social and political difficulties uh, threaten their village. And um, man, I was intrigued with this movie because uh, as you start the movie, it is the beginning of the movie is the time for Sabbath. And so 
The family is rushing around the house, trying to get ready for the Sabbath meal. Um, everyone in, in their family is trying to finish out the chores. The mom even says, hey, um, make sure you get all this done because the Sabbath is coming. The Sabbath is coming. And the community and the, and the dad is trying to get all of his work done and finishing things up. And so it was an intriguing thing to me uh, as I was beginning to watch the movie, let alone just the idea of, of the overall movie. And so I thought it would be helpful for you to, to know what I'm talking about. So I got us a clear So take a look at this. Now, what initially caught my attention uh, was how not only this family was doing that, but as you saw all the windows and all the families and all of the dining room tables, the entire community as a collective community was getting ready and doing the Sabbath and having a Sabbath meal together. And it was so interesting to me because it's not something that we do here in in the West. It's not something we do in, in sort of evangelical Christianity. And so I was fascinated to see all of them living out this fourth commandment of keeping the Sabbath. And I wondered to myself, what does it mean to them? Why is this so important? Why is this entire community rushing around the house, getting things ready, and then all gathering around a table to start the Sabbath and to actually have this day together? And so Uh, Today, as we dig into the fourth commandment, uh, I think uh, it's going to be good for us as we try to get a better understanding of why this was such an important commandment and why this is in such an important practice. So if you have a Bible, you can open up to Exodus chapter 20. Uh, We're going to start in verse 8, verses 8 through 11. And I have to stop and just say, if you don't have a copy of the Bible, man, we would love to be able to give you one today. So you can just stop out at the connection corner and we would have one there for you to be our our honor to give you a, a copy of the scriptures as you leave today. Okay. Exodus chapter 20, starting in verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter or your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy." Now, this seems pretty straightforward, doesn't it, right? Work six days of the week and then take a Sabbath. Well, maybe there's a little bit more to it than that, right? The word Sabbath or Shabbat in Hebrew means to stop or to cease or to desist. 
And so in Jewish culture, the Sabbath was a day of holiness and rest observed by the Jews from sunset on Friday to nightfall the following day. And they would cease all of their work and they would focus on God. Now in verse eight here in Exodus, we see that they and we are commanded to first remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And I find this beginning of this verse uh, very interesting. And, and there's a few things I want to I highlight. First is that the Ten Commandments take a shift here. That the first three commandments were about God and who he is. Uh, but this commandment turns towards us and uh, how we are supposed to live. And I find it fascinating that this is the love God part of the greatest commandment that we read in the book of Matthew. The second thing I notice and I wonder is why God felt that he had to remind his people to take a Sabbath and to keep the Sabbath. I mean, telling people to take a day of rest seems like a no brainer to me. No brainer to remember. It's like, yeah, take a day of rest. Okay. Everybody's going to remember that. But as I was thinking about it, I was thinking, I bet you God knew. Oh yeah, that's right. He created us. God knew our propensity for striving. And for overworking, and he knew we would need a reminder to make intentional time for the Sabbath to rest. And then the other thing I find interesting about this verse eight here um, is that God not only told us to remember the day, but also told us that we do this by keeping it holy. I I like the, the way Eugene Peterson puts it in the message paraphrase. He says, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy to keep it holy. Holy means to be set apart. So God is telling us that the Sabbath is holy and we need to keep it holy by remembering to do it and by ceasing and desisting all of our normal activities. And then we read on and goes, uh, God goes into a bit more of detail. And in verses nine and 10 here, I, I, I like to think about it like a parent that's anticipating their kids' questions. If you're a parent, you know, they have a million questions, right? And so God's anticipating the question and knowing the kids are going to go, well, what does ceasing and desisting look like, right? And so God anticipating that question says in verse nine and 10, six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day, it's a Sabbath to the Lord, your God. See, God lays it out pretty clearly. And he even tells us that it's a day to the Lord. It's not a self-care day, right? It's not a mental health day. It's not a binge watch day. It's a day unto the Lord. And then in, uh, in the second part of verse 10, God goes a layer deeper and tells us that on this, you shall not do any work, none, nor not you, your son, your daughter, your male or female servants, not your animals or any foreigner residing in your town. You see, God is saying, just to be clear, this day is to be set apart and look different than all of the other six days of work. And guess what? This is for all y'all. It's for all y'all, right? Your wife, your neighbors, your kids, your town, all y'all, even Someone who's just passing through, right? A foreigner in your town has to abide by this commandment. I find that interesting. Now, the biblical ban against uh, work on the Sabbath, while it's not clearly defined in scripture for Jews, it included activities such as baking and cooking, traveling, gathering wood, buying and selling. There was a lot of 
you can't do. There's actually a list of 39 major categories of prohibited work, uh, including activity like plowing and reaping, work that was entailed in manufacturing cloth like spinning and weaving, work uh, entailed in preparing documents like writing and other forms of constructive work. Now, you might be sitting there and saying, well, wait a minute, you just said that these are commandments are supposed to be about our freedom. And now we're talking about these restrictive and what seems to be very legalistic ways of keeping this commandment. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this in a couple of minutes, but I would actually agree with you. This, in my opinion, is where we sometimes as human beings take something that's for our benefit and we turn it sideways. Now, I have a question for you. Who here is a rule follower? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah? Oh, I love that. Love that. Love that hand right up. I'm a rule follower, right? Rule followers, I love you. You're wonderful people because you know all the rules. Like, you're going to make sure you know all the rules. You're going to read, every, like, the stuff from the schools. And stuff. I don't always read. My wife reads all of it. She's the rule follower in our family. And so she knows all the rules and where you're supposed to be, right? And not only do you know the laws, man, but you and the rules, you actually will keep them and follow them to a T. You're going to follow the letter of the law. And I think this is what the Jews did with this commandment. Being so so, uh, restrictive, in my opinion, was a misguided effort to make sure that they were being a rule follower, that they were going to follow them and they were going to do all of the things right and not even get close to the line of breaking the commandment. But as we're going to see in a couple minutes, I'm not sure that's the heart behind this commandment. And then before we move on, I also want to point out that this was a different culture and time than our own, right? And so there was a lot of things that they did for their own survival that uh, we don't have to worry about in our modern day 2023. Um, So I, I, I do think that defining a few things would have been helpful, but I do wonder if it went a little too far. And then as we close out this commandment, we are reminded of the creation narrative from Genesis chapter two. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. You see, basically God was the model and we should follow his example, right? If it was good enough for God when he created the world, it should be good enough for us in our work too. You see, even before the Ten Commandments were even written on the stone tablets, Sabbath was modeled by God and woven into the fabric of creation and earth. Uh, Pastor and author Mark Buchanan puts it this way, like a parent who coaxes a cranky toddler to lie down for an afternoon nap by lying down beside her, God woos us into resting by resting. You see, God woos us into resting by resting. He went first and he invites us to do the same. But here's the question. Does this commandment still apply to us today in 2023? I mean, it is listed as one of the big 10, right? It's one of God's rules. It is a commandment. But the question remains, do we have to follow this commandment? And I think it's a very interesting question in 2023 because we're all so busy and stressed and anxious, right? Some psychologists have said that we are a chronically anxious society. 
I mean, we have technology and social media and email at our fingertips, and we walk around with our device in our pocket. I'm on stage, and I still have my device in my pocket, right? And we're glued to our phones for hours and hours on end. So how in the world are we to have a weekly Sabbath when we're inundated with so much information, when we're so busy, when my work email is right there on my phone at my fingertips all the time and I get sucked into the tyranny of the urgent? How in the world am I in that kind of a a, a culture am I to take a Sabbath? Well, my contention today is with that as our backdrop and our reality, I would say that Sabbath is more important today than ever before. We absolutely need the Sabbath. Uh, The great thinker and theologian and writer Dallas Willard once said, hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. I mean, that's profound. We must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. But my question is, how do we do that? How do we ruthlessly eliminate it in a culture that is just so busy? Well, I don't have all the answers, but I do have one. And I think that the Sabbath, weekly rhythm of Sabbath is one way to push against that, to stop, to cease, to desist. And to rest in God. Author and pastor John Mark Comer wrote this in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which I can't uh, recommend more to you. Um, He said this, he said, the solution to an over busy life is not more time. It's to slow down and simplify our lives around what really matters. And then he goes on to quote Corey Tenboom. He says, Corey Tenboom once said that if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Wow. If the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. I mean, there's truth in that. Both sin and busyness have the exact same effect. They cut you off from your connection to God, to other people, and to even your own soul. And those are just from some authors I've read over the last couple of years. Here's what God's word says. And it says some similar things. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God invites us to rest and if you've never read the message paraphrase of that, of that scripture, it's one of my favorite verses and the ways that it is written. This is what it says. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. And I love this line. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will live to learn. Live freely and lightly. You'll learn to live freely and lightly. See, the scriptures are full of these ideas of rest. Even Psalm 23 
The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. You see, the Sabbath, the Sabbath is given to the nation of Israel. And I would also say to us as a gift, the Sabbath is a gift to you and to me. In the midst of our overscheduled and busy lives, God invites us to rest in him so that we can live freely and lightly and he can restore and refresh our souls. I mean, who doesn't want that? I know I do. I want to live lightly and freely. I want to have my soul refreshed. And the Sabbath is a gift. It's a gift that's supposed to be, it's intended to be a 24-hour sanctuary in time. A 24-hour sanctuary of time where we can have unhurried delight. John Mark Comer in his book goes on to say that the, the Hebrew word Shabbat means to stop, but it also can be translated to delight. It has this dual idea of stopping and also joying in God and in our lives in this world. The Sabbath is an entire day set aside to follow God's example, to stop and to, to delight. And so often I think uh, we think about the Sabbath as a restriction. So did so like, like the Jews did, right? But as we've been saying throughout this whole series, these commandments, these rules, these guideposts, These guardrails are for our freedom. And I was thinking, what if if instead of thinking of this as some restrictive thing that we have to keep, what if we saw this through the perspective of an Israelite who was working seven days a week, seven hard days a week in Egyptian captivity? And if someone came to them, God did, and said, hey, guess what? You get a day of rest. What would they be feeling and thinking, right? They might be thinking, what? I get a day of rest, bring it on. It would have brought them tons and tons of joy. And as I was thinking about this, I was like, how does this relate to us? And it makes me think, do you, do you remember the days before um, the internet and cell phones and all that, when we were in elementary school, or at least this was true for me, uh, where uh, they were calling for inches and inches of snow, and so you went to bed that night and you're like, Ooh, all right, right. So then the next day you get up and you look out your window and say, oh, the snow's out there, baby, let's go. And then you go get your bowl of cereal and you are still in your jammies and you're sitting there eating and you're watching the ticker on the bottom of the screen, right? And you're just standing there and waiting there in anticipation and you're thinking, oh, is it going to be a snow day? Oh, is it going to be a snow day? And then it happened. Your school corporation came across that screen and you jumped for joy because you now were going to get to go play in the snow and have a day of joy and fun and snow day. And you didn't care that you'd have to make it up at the end of the year. Who cares? Today is this day. Well, here's the deal. That is what it would have been like. And that is what it should be like for us when we think about the Sabbath. We get to rest. We get a weekly snow day. God has given us that opportunity to be in that joyful moment together. We get to be with God and we don't have to work. We get to rest and play. You see, Sabbath, 
Man, Sabbath is really a really important, important thing. And God gave it to us as a gift. Uh, The Sabbath also gives us permission. Uh, It gives us permission to slow down, to take a breath, and to be present with God and his goodness. See, this Sabbath day, it gives us permission to breathe and to rest and to love and to recharge. And here's the thing I want you to hear. It gives us a day and it gives us permission to not produce. We don't have to produce on that day. We don't have to do anything that day. It gives us permission to just be what we read in Psalm 4610 that says, be still and know that I am God. We get to be still and we get to know that he is God and we are not and he's gonna take care of all of our needs and we get to just rest in his love. It's a day to remind ourselves that we are his beloved and it's a day for us to remember that we are human beings, not human doings. We're human beings, not human doings doings. And man, this is so countercultural these days, right? Everybody has a side hustle these days. Everybody has to do more and more. The other side of that coin is we have FOMO, right? If you don't know it, then it's fear of missing out, right? So we fill our schedules with so much and we feel the pressure to do more and more and more, produce more and more and more that we don't give ourselves permission to just stop to just cease and desist and to rest. The world tells us that we have to work harder and harder and produce more and more, but God gives us permission to push against that thinking and to just be, to just be. Sabbath is also for our benefit. Jesus himself said this in Mark 2, Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not the man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is the Lord, even of the Sabbath. You see, God loves us and he made us and he is the Lord of the Sabbath. And so he knew and knows that we need a day of rest. So he made the Sabbath for our benefit. It's for us. I mean, have you um, ever in your life had one of those workday streaks? Meaning you have worked so many days in a row without a break or a day off. That's been true of me over over the years. My question to you is, what are you like on day 15? Or day 20? Do you reflect the heart of Jesus to those around you? My guess is no. Right? Right? If you're like me, that you, I get, I best on those days, on that 15th, that 20, 25th day, man, you're going to find yourself irritable, exhausted, and not operating at 100%. And by the way, that's not something that, that work streak is not something to be proud of or wear as a badge of honor. The Sabbath was made for you and for me to be refueled and refreshed, to be all that God desires for us to be in this world. And Kirsten said it earlier, our mission is to show and share the love of Jesus. And so in order for us to show and share the love of Jesus, we must, and I'm going to say that again, we must make Sabbath keeping a non-negotiable in our weekly rhythm. 
In order for us to do the mission that God has put us on this earth to do, we have to. We have to fight for Sabbath, and it has to be a non-negotiable in our weekly rhythm. Yeah, I know we can get away with it for a a period of time or a season, but I don't know about you, but it's been always true for me that I found that it always catches up to me. And I'm sure it would for you as well. And here's the deal. This also applies if you're uh, retired or you're at home or whatever it might be, right? I've seen people and I know people who are retired and they fill their schedules so full that they run on fumes for weeks. So the Sabbath is for our benefit. The Sabbath is also an exercise of trust. The Sabbath will mess with us, guys. It'll mess with us. It will mess with our comfort because sometimes and oftentimes we play the what if game. If I don't work, will I have enough? If I don't work, will I still be enough? See, for Israel, it was enough manna. They had to collect all the manna. Will they have enough? For us, it's enough money, enough status, enough stuff, enough, enough, enough productivity. Right? Can we afford to take a break? Will the house get cleaned? Will, will the lawn get cut? Will clients be upset if I don't reach back out to them within 20 minutes? Will the kids still advance into their sports if we take a break? Sabbath is an act of trust. It's an act of trust because we rest and we take care of our soul. And we realize that resting and taking care of our soul is way more important than the things of this world. And it also requires us to be wise with the other six days of the week, right? We work with the end in mind, knowing that rest is coming. Even Israel, right, had to gather extra on Friday so they had enough for the Sabbath. It was still an act of trust and dependence, but also an exercise of wisdom and forethought. And I I love this quote. It says, Sabbath is turning over to God all those things, our money, our work, our status, our reputations, our plans, our projects that we otherwise are tempted to hold tightly in our own closed fists. Sabbath gives us an opportunity to open our hands and trust God and release it to him. And then lastly, Sabbath is meant to renew and recharge us. As we said, Sabbath is a gift to restore our soul and to reconnect us to our purpose and our creator. So it has to go beyond just simple physical rest, right? It isn't sleeping till noon necessarily or uh, being on the couch, binge watching something or watching football for 12 hours, right? It's much, much, much more than that. As I mentioned earlier, it's a 24-hour sanctuary in time that's intended to be filled with rest and joy, and delight. When we're intentional with Sabbath, we ask questions like this. We say, what fills my soul? That's a question you would ask. Or, where do I find beauty and the goodness of God? Where do I find delight in my life? What what brings me joy? What puts my soul, not just my body, at rest? Those are the types of questions we ask when we are intentional with the Sabbath. 
And here's the, here's the deal. Sabbath keeping is more of an art than it is a science, which is why I think it's easy for people to get legalistic with this and make this a legalistic thing, right? So many people say, oh, what can't I do? I don't want to get too close to the line. But I think that's the wrong question. I think the question should be, what can I do? What can I do on the Sabbath? You see, I think the fear of breaking the Sabbath held so many people and still does hold so many people hostage. You see, Sabbath should be filled with more get-tos than have-tos. Should be filled with more get-tos than have-tos. We have six days a week where we have a lot of have-tos, right? I have to go to that meeting. I have to get that project done. I have to mow the lawn. I have to do the dishes. But Sabbath is intended to be a day day of things that bring you joy and delight so that then you can bring glory and praise to God for the good things in your life. You see, sometimes the best way to Sabbath is doing things that you love. It may be reading a book or going on the water or playing pickleball. Whatever is not work, what is not work? What is not a have to? What fills you with joy? What refuels you? For me, it's running. My twin brother, I'm a twin. My twin brother doesn't understand that he's like, running doesn't make sense. I'm only running when somebody's chasing me, right? Uh, but, but I love to run. There's nothing better for me to get out on a Saturday, mo- Saturday morning, my Sabbath day, go out for a long run. Yesterday, it was awesome. I got to go watch triathletes, go do their thing. So awesome to do that. And then I got to go out and run seven miles. And I just loved it. Now, some of you might be, you're crazy. You're nuts. But I love to run. So for me, Sabbath looks different than just sitting at my house. Because running for me is not just a physical activity. It's a spiritual and an emotional one as well. And so it refuels me. It makes my day. And I get to hear from God a lot of times on my runs. So for some, Sabbath can be done with many activities. While others, it can be very little. And here's what I've been saying. This is why there's freedom in the Sabbath. You get to make it work for you. The important part is that you have a regular rhythm of it and you practice it and that you break from your normal work and any have-tos that are on your schedule. Right? That's the unforced rhythms of grace that we read in Matthew eleven twenty-eight earlier. And, and I also love this thought that Jesus himself practiced Sabbath, right? Jesus was Jewish. And so Jesus would have done this on a weekly basis. And for me, and I hope for you, that should give us even more motivation to do it, to do what Jesus did. But here's the deal. While those are some things that Sabbath is, there are also some things that Sabbath is not. Sabbath is not a reward for our hard work. Remember, it is a gift. We don't have to earn Sabbath. All we have to do is receive it. Sabbath is not a day off. Some people think, oh yeah, Sabbath, it's my day off. No, 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 no. Sabbath is much more deeper than that and has much more implications and meaning than just a day off. It is a day to the Lord. Sabbath is not a day to catch up on projects around the house, right? This is what I would categorize as day off activities, not necessarily intentional Sabbath activities, unless for some reason it brings you tons of joy to, you know, mow the lawn or something. But the reality, I don't like doing that. It's a have to for me, 
right? Sabbath is not intended to be heavy handed or burdensome. It's actually the exact opposite. It's intended to to give us the freedom to engage in the things that bring us joy and fill us up. Sabbath is not something to throw away when we're busy. It should not be. Sabbath should not be the first thing that gets cut when we find ourselves busy and overscheduled. It actually should be the thing that grounds us in a time like that. Other things should get cut, but not the Sabbath. And then lastly, I'll say Sabbath is not just coming to church. Yeah, for many, this is part of a Sabbath rhythm, but it's not checking in a church attendance box. If you say, oh yeah, I Sabbath, I went to church today. Now remember, it's a 24-hour sanctuary in time. There's deeper soul work that's intended to be done. Okay, so now that we know what Sabbath is and what Sabbath is not, let me ask you a question. Do you practice Sabbath? Do you practice Sabbath? I'm I'm sure in a crowd this size, there are some of you that do, but my guess is most of us don't. And I wonder why that is. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, why in a modern world in 2023, when we have so many conveniences, is it hard to practice Sabbath? So I came up with three, three ideas or thoughts. I'm sure there are more. But the first one I thought is, I'm, I'm curious if it's because it takes intentionality and maybe it just feels like one more thing we have to do. Author Ruth Haley Barton put it this way, Sabbath keeping is more than just a day of rest. It's a way of ordering one's life around, Ooh, right? Ordering our life around. Paid work needs to be contained to five days a week. Household chores, shopping and errand running need to be completed before the Sabbath or they have to wait. Courageous decisions need to be made about work and athletics and church and community involvement. With work, household chores, kids, sports, friends, life can feel too full. And I had a friend once who said, man, you make room for what's important. So my question is, how important is the health of our soul? I would say that it needs to be at the top of the list. And Sabbath keeping is a way for us, one way for us to be able to fill our souls. I also think that it can be hard to practice Sabbath because scheduling can be difficult, right? We all have different schedules and jobs and activities and things, and it can be overwhelming. But here's the deal. The commandment does not say that Sunday has to be your day of rest. It just says that you work for six six days and you Sabbath on the seventh. Right? It's more about the practice than it is the day. Here's the deal. I work on Sundays. I'm working right now. So I Sabbath on Saturdays. Your Sabbath could also change from week to week. Right? It's, it's more about the practice and the rhythm than it is the day. And then lastly, I think another reason that Sabbath is hard is that slowing down in this kind of a pace, fast-paced world is hard. Right? We live in this fast-paced world and we have to push against that kind of a culture to be able to Sabbath. You see, just like me, I'm sure it's just like you, that we say yes to too many things and no to, we don't say no enough. And so we try to pack our lives so full of things that we don't have any margin. And so I would say that with Sabbath, we need to say no to some things, maybe some good things to make room for something even better. And we may, we may also find that 
we're afraid to find what's in ourselves if we slow down. Pastor and author Pete Scazzaro said, Sabbath can be terrifying because doing nothing productive leaves us feeling vulnerable. This has been true in my life. And Sabbath is a unique space with God. It can open up ways for God to do some deep, vulnerable work in our lives where he can speak to us, he can heal us, and he can transform us to be more and more and more like Jesus. But it can be a vulnerable space for that to happen. So as we wrap up, I, I, I want to ask, what, what do we do with this? What do we do with this commandment? And I, I know I've put a lot of quotes on the screen today, but I have one more for you. And that is, uh, theologian Walter Brueggemann said this, people who sat, keep the Sabbath live all seven days differently. People who keep the Sabbath live all seven days differently. And I think that is so true. And I believe there is no better work. But here's the deal. Sabbath takes practice. That's why we call it a spiritual discipline, a spiritual practice. It takes intentionality and implementation. So here's my challenge to you this week. Choose a day this week to Sabbath. Commit one day to taking a Sabbath rest. Come up with a plan, and I'm going to encourage you to write it down. Because when you write it down, you're more apt to do it, right? Just like it's in your calendar, you're more apt to do it, right? And ask yourself questions like, what activities should be included in my Sabbath? What, what brings me joy? What slows me down? What helps me focus on God and his goodness? Maybe you could also include in that, um, consider things that, uh, drain you or are work for you or have tos and commit to avoiding those things on your Sabbath. Maybe even include a friend or a spouse or uh, someone else to keep you accountable to actually live out the Sabbath. And here's the thing I want to encourage you begin where you are, not where you should be, right? If you can only Sabbath for a few hours this week, man, I would say do that. A few hours is better than no hours. And work towards a 24-hour sanctuary in time. And I know some of you are there, I have four young kids. How in the world am I supposed to do this? Give yourself grace in that. Know that it's difficult with kids and schedules and all of that. Bring them into it and say, what would you like to do? I'm sure you'll be surprised at what brings them joy and delight. I just might be playing out in the yard with the hose. I don't know. My family and I started doing this a few years ago. And I want to tell you something that it has greatly impacted our family. We do all the things like in Fiddle of the Ruth. We we try to get all of the things done on Friday before five o'clock. Because at five o'clock we have a feast. And we eat a lot. And we have a really good and big dessert that I eat way too much of because it brings me joy. And I'm going to tell you what, we live all seven days differently since we started practicing this. It's been such a meaningful thing in our family to just be together. And I get to go on a run. We watch a movie. We hang out together. We spend time together. We get to focus on God. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And so here's what I want to do. I want to challenge you to, to do that this week. Pick a day to have a Sabbath. And here's the deal. Our hope and our prayer 
is that if you do that, as, if we do that as individuals, as we do that as a community and as families and as this body of believers, that we would be like that community in Fiddler on the Roof. That we would intentionally practice Sabbath. That we would be filled up to go out into the world in Jesus' name and God would continue to use us and transform us and then change the world. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this commandment to rest. God, we need it. We don't often know we need it. That was true for me, but we desperately need it. And so God, I pray that you would move us into action, that we would do something with what we've heard today and that we would receive your love and your grace and your rest. God, as we sing this song of we need you, God, help us to realize our desperation for you. And that Sabbath can be one way where we meet you and we connect with you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.